Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and I'm joined by my good friend slash my co-host, Devin. And today we're here to break down episode five of the latest MCU series, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Episode five, titled Mean Green and straight up poured into these jeans or straight up or straight poured into these jeans. Not, not very concise, but it's, it's a title. Yeah. A very long one. I was actually not kind of happy with this, um, (laughs) this title. I actually love, uh, knowing the titles of specific episodes, uh, just because it, it just gives it more, uh, meaning to it, but not a bad title again, uh, better than any of the boys from episode three, those titles were just a bit too outlandish for me, but it is what it is. But before we begin today's episode, you can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the internet. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter at FilmOptics or email us at FilmOptics at gmail.com for any movie-related questions. Again, that is Optics with an X. Devin, how you been? Doing good? Chilling? Yeah, I'm glad the week's almost over. We're almost there. Almost, man. It's a Thursday. Like, honestly, I... I mean, I didn't want to say it earlier today when I was working. And I'm like, man, this week's actually going by kind of fast. Uh, for some reason, Monday was a little bit of a slow burn, but for me at least. But like the rest of the days have just been flying by. So, I mean, we got some some football tonight. We got some football on Sunday, football on Monday. So it's, it's pretty much what my entire week is surrounding right now. But yeah, you've been uh, watching some Harley Quinn season three since you uh, finished season two. I've not started season three yet. It's on the docket. There's a lot of things on my docket, man. I, as I said, in our House of the Dragon episode five review, which is up on the podcast uh, for everyone to listen to, I think I'm going to start Succession. I think so. But actually, before that, I kind of want to start Chernobyl because I know the last of a series is coming up. Eh, Not soon, soon, but soon enough in the grand scheme of things. But that is another show I've been meaning to uh, check out. And I know that's a limited series, so kind of blow through that and then head on to something else. Um, still on like a Cobra, Cobra Kai high, I guess you could say. But yeah, I think we're going to try out something new to watch at home. Definitely going to watch Chernobyl again. I think Succession. I think those are, those are going to be my next two uh, projects I've been working on because I think season four uh, uh, Succession is coming up here pretty soon. But... Ladies and gentlemen, as we mentioned before, or as the title of this episode has stated, we are here to review episode five of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Again, it is titled Mean Green and Straight Poured into These Jeans. Yeah, it's 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 an okay title. Like I see what they were going for, but I feel like it works better in like song form altogether. But the way how this episode is going to work, we're going to get into our initial reactions, then get to a little bit of spoilers for you guys. Uh, no post credit scene to talk about this week as there was none because this is more of a shorter episode. Then we're going to get to our final thoughts and then we're going to close on out of here. So Devin, are you ready to jump into our episode five review of She-Hulk Attorney at Law? 
She-Hulk by Titania. <laughs> She-Hulk by Titania. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after this introduction to She-Hulk Attorney at Law, Episode 5. More and more eccentric superhumans are coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> we are going to launch a division for them. And I want the She-Hulk to be the face of them. Jennifer Waters. Namaste. I have a serious conflict of interest. This man tried to kill my cousin, Bruce. Yeah, that's quite all right. Oh. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and we are back with She-Hulk Attorney at Law, Episode 5. I'm not, I don't feel like saying the title again. It's, it's honestly, it's, it's all, it's not as bad as the Birds of Prey title, but like, it's just too long to say. And I've already said it like at least two to three times. So yeah, we are here to give our thoughts about episode five of She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Uh, this time around, I'm actually going to go first for my initial reactions and I'll pass it over to Devin. So, um, as far as my thoughts go, I thought that this was another solid entry. Again, I'm kind of lukewarm on this episode. I think it was a very enjoyable episode altogether. Um, it is one of the shorter episodes, if not the shortest episode we've gotten so far. But I will say what I appreciate about this episode is that it feels it feels as if this episode is the most distant the MCU has ever been through because this is the um th- this is the trial between She-Hulk and essentially She-Hulk aka Titania. So it has that you know courtroom vibe to it altogether. It feels just like a normal episode of television and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, whatsoever. I thought this episode was very fun. It was, it was, I thought it was hilarious myself. I felt like everyone was having a good time. I was having a good time watching it, you know, watching early this morning and, you know, it sets a few seeds up. They're definitely alluding to, uh, you know, uh, some characters appearing at some point, but it was nice. Like we really are getting like cases of the week when it comes to the show. And that's what I really enjoy about it is that, you know, first we had the Emil Blonsky case, um, after, you know, the whole She-Hulk prologue episode, I guess you could say for episode one, then that moved on to the Wong magician case. And now we're dealing with a case that actually involves Jennifer Walters. And we kind of see that unfold a little bit. Um, like I said, it is more of a lighter episode, but I have fun with it all the same. Um, just, I guess you could call it like a lukewarm episode, but I do, um, as I see each and every week, I do appreciate how this episode, it just feels serialized, you know, another case in the books, you know, moving on to the next best thing. And I mean, I guess you could kind of say that Titania will probably end up being the quote unquote villain or probably the main obstacle that Jennifer will, uh, encounter throughout this series. But yeah, I, I, I thought, it, I thought it was a very enjoyable episode. Um, nothing super crazy happened, but nothing really needs to necessarily happen. Like we've talked about, um, even last week with Devin was saying, you know, you're, you're watching a sitcom because it's funny. You're not watching a sitcom for the story, for the plot line. It's, you know, it, it's, it's doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. And I can't fault it for that. So Devin, I'm going to pass it over to you. What are your initial reactions on She-Hulk episode five? Let's take a quick break. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? 
How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Yeah, this one was nice, short, and sweet for us. Definitely the shortest so far, and surprisingly no end credit scene. I'm guessing the the accounts that mentioned that every episode had one uh, had just only watched the first four episodes that were available to them, so they figured that all the episodes had them, but uh, we'll see moving forward. Uh, overall, I enjoyed it. I think last week was definitely the peak uh, episode for me, definitely the most entertained I've been so far, but this one... Definitely got the job done. Uh, it was cool to finally get a real introduction to Mallory Book, a.k.a. Renee Elise Gold, Goldsberry's character. Got some Hamilton love in there. I can't believe how... I just looked up her age, and that is unbelievable. She is 51. Yeah, 51. Hey, you know what That's they say. Black don't crack. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was really cool to get, get an introduction to her character and then see a relationship start to form between her and Jennifer. And that, that was a cool moment there. Um, yeah, another case of the week this time involving her as the actual defendant and being represented by Mallory Book. That was a cool switch up there. I also really like the dynamic between Nikki and Pug. They're a little hijinks. They, they bring some good energy to the show. And I, I like um, them going to to get a, a nice suit created for, for Jennifer. Not revealed yet. No suit revealed yet. That's, they like to save that for a big moment. We'll see when that happens. But it's cool to see that that superheroes are, are so commonplace in the MCU now that there's actually tailors made just for them. Like, it's cool to see how we've, how far we've come. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Um, it, it definitely feels, I, I do agree with you. I think last week was probably more of the more exciting episodes, but this is still a very fun episode. Like I said before, and, you know, like you said, when it comes to the, the tailors of these, you know, superheroes out there, you know, it, it is kind of just second nature now. Like they, they are a part of the society and they seem to have, you know, made a nice little community for them, uh, you know, to fit within um, our our standard boring muggle uh, <laughs> community there. But yeah, I really did enjoy. Uh, I, actually, I would say when it comes to the um, post credit scene, I wish we would have gotten a post credit scene of um, Jen's paralegal and uh, what's his face going to get the Iron Man three. It's like standing in line. That would have been pretty cool because I well, thought we kind, of, we kind of did get one where it was one of the drawings in the credits. And there was actually a lot of little Easter eggs in that one for some other characters that are coming along at some point. And also, what you said, yeah, when uh, when screeners first dropped for um, She Hulk, uh, screeners were sent out to critics. We got the first four episodes. Um, I did get the first four episodes, but I just kind of wanted to like sit and watch it like for the first time with everyone. Uh, for this one. So that's what I did. Um, I was tempted to watch ahead, but that's only because I thought a certain someone was going to pop up and I was like, yeah, I'll just watch it just to, to watch it. But they are definitely teasing, uh, daredevil coming back. Of course, you know, we do see, um, a lot of hints or especially within the end of this episode, but yeah, I, I thought it was a very, um, I thought it was a very like typical, Hey, you know, it's a classic, 
moment for Jennifer to find out that, you know, she she is now and forever will be She-Hulk. She has kind of come to terms with that um, with that name and that identity. Yeah, it's almost like there there really is some character development happening and people are just choosing to ignore it. I really like I really like the moment. Um, I guess we can get into details, but I like the moment during the trial where she brings in her past dates and the one where she ended up um, going the furthest with um, kind of kind of breaks her heart and says that he would not have done it if it was in Jennifer Walters form. You can just see a look on her face that she has to kind of realize that and she looks like it's a little painful for her. So it's, it's cool to see that it has that effect on her. And I was watching, um, of course, um, heavy spoilers, a video on it. And he mentions that in the comics, it's more common, more commonplace that, um, she prefers saying in she Hulk form and doesn't like going back to Jennifer Walters form. It's kind of like the reverse in this series, which I think makes it a little bit more nuanced as for her as a character. Cause she likes to she likes to stay normal, but she has to try to learn to accept her new form instead of just just living off of it and trying to stay that way. It's a little more difficult for her. That is very true, and and it it is it is that kind of classic battle of you know well you know I'm I'm two people you know in the same body uh, type situation, but I I do agree with you there when when it comes to you know. Her character development, you know, no matter how big or small it may be, um, like I said, it's more of large, big or tall, you know, whether it's Jennifer Walters or She-Hulk, definitely. Um, I feel like there isn't much to, like, really spoil a spoil in this episode. I know from before I said we were going to get into spoilers, but we've kind of already gotten to that territory, but there isn't really too much to spoil because it is kind of just a standard, you know, case of the week episode. You know, when and unfortunately, things like this do happen when it comes to, you know, um, branding. It's, you know, this person started using this name first, but they didn't trademark it. So then someone else swoops in and tries to profit off the success of that name recognition. And I, I really like how, you know, Titania has just come back multiple times. I believe this is her second time so far. So I'm sure this will not be the last time we see of her whatsoever. But I really like she, she's kind of like a rival for uh, for Jen Walters. Not much of a villain because I wouldn't peg her as a villain. I would just peg her as like a thorn in Jen's side. Not necessarily like a nosy neighbor, but the 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 Gary to to her ass catch him if if you will you know someone who's always trying to get in the way yeah I think as far as as far as villain goes this uh this Todd guy's up to no good he's a, he's a creepy creepy little uh, rich guy doing something he's he's scheming man this it someone has to be scheming in these shows for sure but overall like I really just enjoy how we're getting you know we have four more episodes to go we've really had a lot of time to breathe with these characters and I mean think about it like if, if this is six episodes next week would have been the finale then we're done and it's like I I feel like I, I really hope that you know Disney has learned from the six episode arc, you know, we're getting 12 episodes with Andor. Um, I'm hoping for future shows that we, we hit maybe at least, at least the eight episode mark. 
because I feel like that is a really nice sweet spot. Sometimes nine episodes between eight and ten, I think, is a very nice, um, a nice mix, definitely. But yeah, it's it's crazy to think that this would have been the penultimate episode. But again, this is a comedy. There isn't a overarching, you know, like there is there. There's always going to be character developments within certain sitcoms like you do see character development happen within even like that 70s show or boy meets world or like you said last week not necessarily with seinfeld because those characters kind of just stay the same throughout but there there are character developments throughout how i met your mother or the office or um parks and rec or community but at the same time i'm like they're there but it's not the reason why i'm watching because you know you you have to spice it up a little bit you know it um, unless you're you know the Seinfeld crew who completely stays the exact same throughout what eight nine seasons they never change it is very I I just like how you know we don't necessarily there doesn't really need to be a threat happening you know this is just a day in the life of Jennifer Walters doing her thing doing do, doing some lawyer shiz you know all that stuff and and just having a, a having a good time. And enjoying the ride for what it is. We don't necessarily need, you know, these big battles. We don't need all these heavy heavy action scenes. You know, um, obviously she is going through some self-discovery. But it's it's more of like a icing on the cake kind of thing. It's not why I'm watching, but I'm not going to be mad that it's there. You know what I mean? But, you know, it's, it, it's a good time for sure. So um, let's get into our final thoughts here, Devin. What do you have to say? about She-Hulk before we close out here. Yeah, I'm liking the ride so far. I know there's been a a lot of complaints, a lot of toxicity surrounding it, and um, I'm just just happy we're getting this this series. And I know Daredevil has been teased officially and obviously will be appearing. Um, I'm not looking forward to that discourse. I'm looking forward to him coming, but I just know he's going to have a comedic tone in a sitcom which makes complete sense and people are going to freak out and that doesn't make sense, but we'll see. And there actually was an interview with Charlie Cox uh, during D23. I forgot who was interviewing him, but it was like kind of out on like the red carpet area where um, Charlie Cox was saying, you know, he doesn't necessarily think, well, they're kind of talking about Daredevil born again, obviously for She-Hulk, he is going to have more of a comedic tone, but I mean, he kind of had that in no way home. I mean, granted, it was for a super short scene, but I mean, people still laughed. It was his own, his own humor being portrayed on onto that movie. But uh, Charlie Cox was saying back to the interview that you know he, he feels like there can be a fine balance when it comes to Daredevil: Born Again, of him being you know like like slapstick humor and having his you know the the, the Daredevil we all know and love. But I do agree, Devin. I am kind of dreading. I'm excited to see Matt Murdock. I'm excited to see Daredevil. He is one of my favorite superheroes ever. Heck, I used to watch the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie like constantly when I was a kid. But it, it is what it is, you know. But it, it's I'm I'm not looking forward to the the discourse around um, Daredevil because it, it's Daredevil is everyone's golden child when it comes to. Uh, Marvel um, TV shows and they're like, oh, you better not be cracking jokes. I'm like, well, he is in a comedy, so I hate to break it to you. He's probably going to be cracking some jokes. It may not be, you know, <laughs> you know, that's a knee slapper, but it's definitely going to happen. So 
people just have to deal with it all together. It's, it's like so, it, this is a, a lawyer sitcom, and then they're bringing in another lawyer. Like, first of all, why wouldn't they do that? Like, that's just a perfect fit. And then why wouldn't he have a comedic tone in a comedy? Like, you're just going to derail the whole series just to give him a serious couple scenes? It just doesn't make sense. What 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 is your logic behind that? There is no logic. And like you said last week, Devin, like I, I, I want to understand what the goal is here for people online, specifically like people on Twitter. Like what what is the goal here? Like why? It just it's just so odd. Every time we have a female superhero with her own show or her own movie, this stuff always happens. And I'm like, I don't understand why we can't just enjoy it for what it is. And I mean, if you like it, that's great. If you know, that's cool, too. But it's like. There's a difference between not liking it and then nitpicking and then like being like a d bag about it. And it's like, okay, like, I mean, we get it. You don't like it, but you don't have to be like go out of your way that much to nitpick like every single thing. It's like people are just on Marvel's neck like so much when it comes to these female superhero roles. And I don't understand. God, sorry, you know, Jennifer Walters isn't wearing a skin tight, you know, uh, leotard like, um, <laughs> like Scarlett Johansson or, you know, Wanda Maximoff in her early day costumes. And like, they didn't like wearing that stuff. And it was, I mean, it's completely objectifying women when it comes to that. And it's like, yeah, like, like look at, look at heavy spoilers. He's come around. He's, he's in today's video. He mentioned it's, it's just a fun show. He didn't like the, the first episode and he mentioned that and he talked about how, why he didn't like it, but he's starting to come around and you just have to realize you have, to have, you have to have realistic expectations for what the show is. That's what it comes down to. I, I definitely agree with you there. Yeah, r- realistic expectations is honestly key because, like you said, <laughs> she says in the very first episode, this is a fun, cool lawyer show. So that's all it is. Does, you don't need she to literally dig, tells you. You don't need to dig any deeper at all. <laughs> but that concludes our episode of She-Hulk Attorney at Law episode five. Again, we're gonna hold out on our um on our ratings of the whole show until the season premiere or season finale, excuse me, not the premiere, uh happens. So that will be for episode nine. So definitely stick around for that. So um if you liked what you heard on today's episode, you can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the internet and please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice and make sure to share an episode of our podcast with a friend, whether it be your mother, your brother, your lover, whoever it may be, make sure to share an episode of the film optics podcast with the movie lover in need really quick. What is out now? What's coming up on deck? What is out now? We have our barbarian review and our orphan first kill review for those who are looking to start their spooky season a little bit early this year. And we have our hot D AKA house of the dragon episode one through five spoiler free reviews. So episode five of house of the dragon or spoiler free reviews should be out by the time you're listening to this episode, go listen to it. It's a lot of fun. We don't give anything away. Hence the term spoiler free. And what is up on deck? We're going to be covering Pearl this coming up week as we close out September. Of course, we're going to be uh, close. We're going to be reviewing Rogue One, a Star Wars story, uh, getting ourselves ready for the news and or uh, Disney Plus series. 
as well as by the end of September, you can look forward to our Avatar The Last Airbender Book 3 Fire Series Revisited Review. We can definitely check out Book 1 and Book 2 that are up on the podcast right now as well. So with all that said, we hope you guys subscribe. We hope you guys enjoy your content, our podcast, our show. And we hope you guys have a great day. And we'll see you guys next time. And that's a wrap for today. Thank you all for listening. If you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram to stay in the know. That was Devin. My name is Christian. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.